Hi, everybody. Happy Lionsgate portal, wherever you are on the planet. I'm really excited today to welcome Tahiti Kulia, who is residing on the big island of Hawaii, but grew up in Hawaii from all over. And she's going to be joining us today on the Golden Thread podcast as we really dive into some juicy, juicy context and information, especially for women and, and men in general. I want to, I want to preface that. Um, but let me introduce her for a little bit really quickly. So Tahiti is a ceremonialist, a channeler and an energetic alchemist. And she's really striving to bridge the spiritual and material realms by supporting individuals and bringing their dreams and purpose into fruition here on earth. Um, at the core, she is finding joy by guiding people into their authentic selves. And her journey is really interesting. And I'm excited to invite her to the podcast to actually learn a little bit more about her role as a spiritual midwife and new paradigm business teacher. She's a creative and a writer and a space holder, and really about creating a space for shared purpose of reclaiming the embodiment of our sacred truth. She grew up in Hawaii and all the different islands, and we're going to go about that into her background a little bit, and has a desire to cultivate a connection to her Hawaiian lineage. Intentional living is really important with a harmonious blend of wellness, design, and exploration, and mysticism. And I'm just very, very intrigued by this, Wahine, to share as an intuitive guide how she offers experiential containers to people who really are looking to release old programming and limiting beliefs. And she does this by facilitating transformative practice of breathwork and energy healing and cacao plant medicine and divination. So let's um, welcome Tahiti to the program. And thank you for tuning in from Hawaii. I'm really excited to have you here. And we have just so much to talk about, but uh, we are going over it a little bit earlier, but really like Thank you so much. Very honored. Thank you, Marnie. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, it's, it's, it was interesting listening to you, like sit here, basically do the introduction of who I am and letting it all just land and just letting it like, you know, we, we start to kind of cringe when people talk about us or we kind of been taught to kind of like be humble and like, and I was just like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to receive this right now. Like, listen to this, absorb this really let it land and anchor in. Um, and I think that's like the embodiment piece that we were speaking about before we hopped on. And um, I'm just, yeah, delighted to be here. And thank you so much for this opportunity to just share and um, talk story with you. And yeah, yeah I, I, I totally get it. And I think sometimes, um, you know, how we just create something that we really needed ourselves, And we were talking about this a little bit, you know, in terms of generational, um, the generational aspects of what it is to be a woman right now in this paradigm shift. But <clears throat> in particular, like, I think for me, creating this podcast, you know, a couple of years ago was really to just have a space for soundboarding and to appreciate everybody's hard work and stepping out of paradigm shifts and conditional ways of being and like creating new opportunities for themselves, but having that reflection back and being witnessed back to be able to say, wow, this is really my reality. And I'm standing really tall in it right now. And we need to have soundboards. I mean, there's whole brain science research about 
sounding, boarding back and forth, like just talking it out. And um, so this, this vala vala time is nice to be able to just like sit and chat and, and how important it is too, in terms of our own self-esteem and confidence and who we are and how we present ourselves to the world. And also like reinforcing a lot, I think of what our direction is, what our intention is, what our mission and our Dharma is on the planet. And let's go into a little bit about you and your background and um, where you grew up and what brought you into the work that you're doing today. But let's start at the beginning. Yeah, very good place to start and set of music. Um, so I was um, born in on Oahu. And I was raised by a very fierce uh, single mother um, with my older brother. And she sort of taught me about um, really choosing that like inner, and she wouldn't use this language, but that internal like sacred yes and no. Mm -hmm. And when she was at points where she just knew she had to you know, divorce my father or move off Island or leave a family business. She just did it. She, she knew the risk. She knew the consequences. She weighed them all. And she just always decided to, to forge forward. And I definitely like, I have full on skin, chicken skin talking about it. Cause it, I really feel she imprinted that on me. And, um, she brought us to Maui and I was raised a bit in Maui in my more formative years. I have a lot of my core memories of childhood, um, you know, you do a lot of exercises in sort of therapy of trying to go back to the moment you felt, when was the first time you felt anger? When was the first time you experienced this? And I have a lot of my like, kind of core, like fear, even like I was a talk. I remember clearly being a talk attacked by a dog in Maui, like all of these sort of yeah. like foundations. So Maui was a short amount of time in my childhood, but it was a huge imprinting time. Yeah. Um, so I'm thankful for, for Kula and that area and what it, what it, um, you know, brought into me, into my, my field and my learning. And then, um, in my experience, and then we moved back to, um, or we moved from Maui to the big Island to, to Waimea. And that was where my heart felt so at home. Mm -hmm. Um, and then back to Oahu and then back to Waimea. So there's been like these, like back and forths. And then at 21, I, I decided, you know, I'm ready to move out of this small pond and I'm ready to experience something just that I can feel and tune into is necessary for my, for my growth and who I am. And I moved to New York city sight unseen, um, a week after my 21st birthday, wow. I knew maybe literally a handful of people on my hand that I could call. And if I was in a, some sort of pickle, I knew one person really close that welcomed me in and let me stay with her and her husband. Mm. And I lived there for three winters is how I measured it <laughs> but as a Hawaii girl, you know, you're like, Whoa, this is such a contrast. Um, yeah. I love winter. Actually. I, I, it was such a beautiful contrast to experience. Yeah. Um, I didn't have a plan. I, I went just sort of open mm -hmm. and that's, I mean, that's just a privilege in itself to just be able to like, be able to go and kind of have your family, you know, support your decision and, and know that, you know, it wasn't that they were bankrolling it. It was just like, I always kind of had in the back, like, we'll support your ideas as, as, because you're honoring and listening to your no. And I think that's what my mom always was like, well, I'll, you know, cause I knew, and I'm going to let you, you lead. Yeah. And 
yeah, it was, it was harsh. It was, um, it was confronting. It was conflicting to my spirit and my values. And I'll never forget all my experiences taking a taxi or running to people on the subway or having this, what I thought was just common courtesy, aloha, right? Uh Like our aloha that we're raised with that is embedded in us that we practice and cultivate every day as I'm going to the grocery store here and now living back in my heart in Waimea, um, I didn't realize that was not the protocol for the rest of the world. It's <laughs> not the protocol in a place like New York City. Yeah. And I learned, I learned really, I learned really quickly that everyone was so out for their bottom line, their own selves, their own agenda. And um it was conflicting for me. And I eventually got to a place where I was in working in um, film and media production. I was working on sets. I was sort of being tailored to take over this man's production company. It was all like these huge opportunities, working with celebrities, working with big brand names. It's what it's that I that, like that I, idealistic, iconic, mm-hmm. what you think of moving to New York City and getting in that world. It's very accessible, right? It's not a it's not it's not that far away when you live in a place like that. Right. Um, but the the heart of me, the truth of me, the aloha in me was just like not being fostered. Mm-hmm. And so I decided to, that I wanted to move out of New York city. And in that time I was in a relationship that, um, sort of just turned over was a huge learning lesson. Probably one of the most traumatic experiences I've gone through as a, definitely as an adult. Um, and it made me completely have to repurpose and reclaim pieces of me. And I moved back to Oahu at that time and launched into all of my teachings from New York and what I, what I was able to absorb, even though it was three years, three years in New York is like, it's, yeah. it's, you know, it's such a place that just, <laughs> that it's a tidal wave of information yeah. and, and experience yeah. dating and everything. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> And, um, right now it feels like a whole other lifetime. Um, and so cult built this business on Oahu, um, Aloha Friday agency, which was focused on marketing and communications and graphic design and website building. I've always been a creative. So that was the element I brought through and started to build this really beautiful, successful space with always the intention of like, what is my why? Okay. My why is to share my, my talents, my gifts and to support as many people as possible. Um, and then COVID, COVID came through our, our field, our world, our paradigm. And I was just alone in my house for a lot. And when you're alone for a long period of time, <laughs> usually you have some sort of awakening. You have some yeah. sort of shift. You start to see things in a clarity that you never saw before. And for me, what I learned was there were these innate gifts that we all have, and sometimes it's just activated or turned on a little bit more, um, for some souls and then just some in our timeline. And for me, there was an activation happening and my awakening happening and all of the things I'd already always been interested in spirituality, astrology, mysticism, like all of the things that are in the ethereal or that we see, or we feel, or we know was just starting to kind of really like click into place a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And my, my intuitive gift started to really open up. Um, I was a super sensitive kid as most empaths and intuitive people are very sensitive to the world. And 
I was told a lot growing up that I was too sensitive. And so I, I learned to conceal that a little bit. And I think most girls and most boys are kind of told that because we don't want them to like hurt. We don't want them to feel the overwhelm of the world. They shouldn't be carrying the whole world on their shoulders. I get our reasoning. Um, so I, 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 I quieted, I quieted my, my intuition, my knowing my, my seed, you know, and, um, it just opened up, it opened up in 2020. And I've been so grateful to just listen to the whispers and hear the direction. And that's what directed me back to the big Island. It's what I directed me into the home that I live in right now. It was literally all through that space. And I'm so, so grateful. And it's just been so much unlearning and so much relearning. And I'm, I'm really grateful for where I'm at. Um, talk to me in a week it might be different. <laughs> I feel like we've been in such extremes over the last few years. Um, we're moving through our experiences at a pace that we've never, never, it's never been done before. Time is speeding up. Um, and yet in what's being asked of us in the time of speeding up and these lessons and these growth and this, you know, this evolution of our, of our world is like to slow down at the same time. Hmm. Yeah. And that's the dance. Like, that's what I'm learning is like, everything's expanding at this rapid rate. And yet the medicine, the magic is in like the slow it's in the, it's in the, in-between it's in the liminal space that we've been in. So that's like a, a brief overview of like a sped up and yet slowed down um, condensed version of my, of me. Um, thank you for, for asking and yeah, yeah. absolutely. Thank you for sharing. And, um, it's always very, very fascinating to me. I mean, I love listening to people and having them share their stories. And I feel that there's opportunity there for all of us to relate in some way to your story and where you, where you came from, where you were raised, how you were raised, you know, what the cultural conditioning is, what the conditions of society is for you, as well as like educational opportunities. And this kind of goes into what we were hoping to talk about today a little bit, which is, you know, this, the millennial generation and really the, what I consider uh, this opportunity for, you know, with me and my doctorate work right now in women's studies, and more in particular, like you know, women, mysticism, modern women, opportunity of being able to do this as a career, which was never really offered before. There's creative space for that happening. And um, we have such a shift right now, you know, as you were mentioning, this Aquarian age that we go into, which is just beginning, like we're not even close to being in it, but we're, we're, in, we're in this major shift. So like, I think of it now, um, you know, me being 51 right now, I'm like, oh, I probably have a, like another, you know, 30 good years of work to get on done on this planet in terms of legacy work, right? What is my legacy work, which is what brought me here to Thailand. I got to finish this PhD and get published. So that's like, okay, so that's my focus. And I think that right now I was looking up some statistics last night for this conversation. I just want to say like in 2019, the Pew Research Center showed that only 40%, 44% of millennials were getting married. And by comparison, 61% of baby boomers and 53% of Gen Xs were married when they were at the same age as the millennials are right now. 
And so this generation right now is the most educated. They do have, they are the most educated in terms of like having the most amount of opportunity for education, but they're also the most in debt. They're also um, not driven by the same values of generations before. So there's a lot more value in terms of travel, learning, entertainment. They're not interested in mortgages and um, even child rearing. So this, this major shift too, and I want to say um, of, of postmodern feminism, and we're not going to go into that, but really the opportunity right now to do um, this exploration of self in terms of not being identified by your gender role, not being identified by a societal role, but having an opportunity to <clears throat> break through some paradigms and go into your mystical self, your feminine self, your divine feminine self, whatever, however you connect with feminine energy is not defined by your gender either. So this right now, this time um, of exploration is very prolific. There are so many practices to be able to dive into, to practice this level of your energy field. <clears throat> and where do you see right now as you're doing your work, because now you're, you're really holding space for, for men and women, I want to say, maybe we'll go into that a little bit more. But um, when I was doing this work 25 years ago, it was all women. There's maybe always one man, you know, even in my studies now, even in my, even in my, um, it's fascinating, even the women's studies work that I'm doing now, there's still I would say less than 1%. And then even in healing school, three-year programs I've been in, it's it was always maybe one to 2%. And then in like a mindfulness training for two years with Jack Cornfield, Tara Brock, because there was masculine feminine leadership, there was probably half and half, right? But that's also like psychology-based. <clears throat> so question for you is as you're creating these spaces and containers and being a space holder, um, where do you see most of the women, maybe what is the age group that really is attracted to your work? And then what kind of major challenges are they coming, um, walking in the door with, walking through the temple door with for you? Mm, great question. Um, I think I've been so delighted to see so many age ranges come through like specifically circle like my women's gatherings um in the beginning of the year there was so much flux with that offering and I was like what are you trying to show me spirit where do you want me to go where do you want me to lead and I heard there was this aspect of the masculine that wanted to come in so I opened it up to everyone I was like okay we'll be full circle we'll be for men and women or just you know there's no longer an, an identifier um and we did I did have such a positive response in the sense of like everyone eager or idealizing the situation of bringing their partner or bringing their brother or, and then that was super beautiful. But what ended up consistently coming through is like, it would be that just that one. Yeah. And then that topic was changing the shared experience with women to be more vulnerable and open. And I was actually down by the stream that I, I live right on a stream. And um, for my birthday, we went down there and we we're giving offerings and Chan and Ho'okupu like gifts. And, um, you know, I went down there with such like a 
a piece of me, one of my biggest personal challenges in my evolution and how I've learned so much is through my romantic counterparts, um, particularly with, with men. And I just went down to the stream and I'm with all these women around me and we're chanting and giving offering. I was like, what's like, what's going on with the masculine? Like, where's my masculine and all. And like the river was just like, you came for the women. And I was like, okay, like redirection. Like I came for the women and I decided to, bring women, the circle back just to women. And I, I consistently hear from community members, like at the coffee shop or running into people, like when are, when are men coming back in or what can we do for the men or like even men coming to me and being like, where's my space. Yeah. And to me, like my response has been like, well, where are our masculine leaders? And like, because I do believe there is so much more that can be conveyed and relayed and, and given to the masculine through the masculine, just as there's so much that be like, I don't want to necessarily, like, I love learning about the masculine from mm-hmm. a masculine. Like that's been helpful for me, of course. Yeah. yeah. I want to learn from the feminine, from the feminine. And mm-hmm. so I went into that, like wanting to overextend and overreach and like make that space for men and just was like, I'm going to hold the space for like those male leadership roles to come in and I'll support them and I'll help them. Like, Hey, here's, here's a, here's a platform. Hey, here's the yoga mats. Hey, here's the bolsters. Like I'll put it to, I'll help you support you and beautifying or creating that space. But like, I need, we need you. The men need you. Um, and I would say the common golden thread or the weaving, the weaving we do, I always say in, in circle at the start to just introduce, you know, the, the, the why and our purpose and our intention for basically putting all of our intentions at the center of this altar, um, which is circle is that I'm facilitating this, but each one of you women are, we're weaving this like really amazing web together through our stories and through our sharing and through our levels of just earthly experience. Mm -hmm. And never once has there been a circle where someone was sharing in circle and the next person went and was like, I've had that experience or I related to that. Or like, there's always this just crossover and it's beautiful to see. And the reflections of just to like, for just for vocabulary sake, this isn't that eloquent, but old and young is like, there's so much wisdom held in both. There's been the mothers that come to, to like a daughter, my age, so like 50s, 60s that come with, of course, a little hesitation of like, what am I going to receive here? And what would I get out of this? And their ability to listen and receive and be acknowledged. Cause we love to acknowledge, like, I love when a mother comes or a grandmother comes like, wow, what a blessing to have this in our space. And what is, re- what they received or they reflect back is like they remember and reawaken to certain parts of like, it's, it's not the end and there's not too late and there's so much more. And like, you know, for some people they're in the transition of a career or a transition of even the motherhood aspect of sending their kids off to college or wherever they're at. And like, for a lot of us, the conditioning is like, you reach these certain milestones and then that's it. Mm-hmm. And for them, there's like this, like light that goes on of like, oh yeah, there's this, this whole beautiful world for me to live in and enjoy in and play in. And, you know, the beautiful piece of the feminine is to be in flow. And the beautiful piece of the feminine is that we contain these multitudes of um, these archetypes of maiden, crone, mother, queen, lover. We contain it. It's all contained within us. And we, we remember pieces of it and we awaken to certain pieces of it 
through our experience. So what I feel has been so beautiful to me is to just watch how much more we are willing to be witnessed by one another, regardless of our society's standards of hierarchy or generation or whatnot. To me, like that's been blurred a little bit in the spaces I create. And I think that's like the, my, one of the most rewarding or uh, uh, just like loving pieces of it. Um, it's been, it's been beautiful to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Having space and heart connection. And I mean, this is what, you know, if we go back, you know, during the patriarchy, thousands, 7,000 years of patriarchy and the conditioning that's when women gather, and I'm sure you've read the red tent book, but, um, the opportunity to connect in circle and to hold space in circle and and be with each other in circle is really the fabric of how our communities are created and where our home and our hearth is and who we are as a society and it's so important um growing up in hawaii we do have those underlying values of aloha and i think people come there and they get to experience what that's like and that used that was a first like um a, an eye-opener for me too I think even when I went into uh, my mindfulness program with Jack Cornfield and Tara Brock I was over at 1440 Multiversity in Santa Clara and there was about 300 of us who were in the program and I remember a German woman who came up to me and she's like oh my god you're from Hawaii and I just I can just I can just feel so much better just being around you and I was like yeah, like, let's just take a breath and have a hug together. (laughs) And she was a, you know, and then I got to listen to her story and she was a Holocaust survivor and her family was, and, you know, and she's just like, I will, she's like, I'm hoping one day to get there and put my feet in the water there. And, you know, I just started crying and I was like, I really hope you come and visit me there. And, and she's like, you know, I don't feel like it's my, this lifetime. It was really like, it was those poignant moments. You know, those moments where you're like, this is a moment I'm having right now. And she's like, I don't feel like it's my lifetime to really feel what it is to be an embodied feminine because I have so much trauma, so much ancestral trauma that I'm so frigid and iced and cold that I can't let my body relax. Like I can't let my hips move. I can't like feel myself singing. I don't. She's like, I've lost that, you know? And I mean, I think that's what really drives me to do the work that I do too, is like witnessing people rediscover themselves. It's so beautiful and it's such an honor. And so holding space like this for you um, on the big island, which is what you're doing now and virtually, I know you do it virtually as well too, is, um, you know, it's sacred work. And so let's go into a little bit more of how you learned to do what you're doing, like holding sacred space and maybe who your teachers were or what, what you decided to do as you're offering, you know, coming into COVID and having your education and your um, life experience be in big city and then coming back to Hawaii and then going through the metamorphosis and the chrysalis of like, okay, what wants to emerge? and um, deciding on certain things to, to, to make as an offering. I know there are many women out there who are in the same space right now, 
who are trying to rediscover themselves off of the condition of the patriarchy and who are really like finding their voice. And this is not an old um, thing to go through in terms of the deconditioning. And I think that we have to remember how many thousands of years the patriarchy has influenced our subconscious. And so when we say like breaking free or learning your voice or finding your truth and all of this stuff, like there are many, 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 many layers that exist within our womb space, within our physical space, within our emotional body, our spiritual bodies, within our psyche, within the environment that we live in, within the, the everything and we were talking about your mother before this too. And, you know, we have these people who are very progressive to be able to like lay the foundation for us to then catapult off of. And my mother also, she was a complete warrior. Um, I wouldn't be able to do the work that I'm doing now if, if she didn't lay that foundation, right? It's like, so knowing like all of this, um, how did you find the people that you wanted to learn, like, let's say the crafts from, you know, learn about cacao or learn about holding space or the breath work and things like this, this alternative modalities in order for you to embody more of your feminine um, and then deciding on how you created what you created. Yeah. Beautiful question. That's a big question. <laughs> big question, but it's perfect. And this is a big piece that um, I've been, uh, experiencing and evolving on and reframing consistently in my space. And it's, um, we're moving into the Aquarius age, which is way less about um, authority and the paradigm that has been set of looking towards anything external as a, as a marker um, mm -hmm. or as, you know, um, leaning less on the institutions, leaning less on the congregations, leaning less on all of the, what we have perceived as the hierarchy and the, uh, just authoritarian figures. Right. And the big piece that I've, I've learned is that this, this new age we're entering, this new paradigm is really resourcing one another and resourcing our experiences as our teachers. And not to say that I haven't been taught by amazing people because I have, um, how I got more into my quote unquote spiritual work or like this intuitive work was I just heard to take this, um, online Reiki virtual Reiki, um, uh, course. And my teacher was in, um, she was from, um, Hawaii, but she was living in the Bay area. She lives in the Bay area, Brit. And she held this really beautiful space for, I think there was like six of us all together. And that's how I got attuned for Reiki. And that's how everything started to open up. And then through that, through my like Reiki sisters, I call them, there was so much more of this, like, um, just, um, massaging this memory right within us all. Cause it's all, it's all in us. It's contained in us. It's just about, opening it up, turning on the right keys and systems and letting go of the things that the, the junk that's in the way that's, that's keeping us from it. Um, and like specifically with the modality with cacao, um, I always joke that, um, Craigslist is actually just secretly God. I've made some of the most incredible relationships through <laughs> random acts of Craigslist. <laughs> I love it. And yeah, I'm so, so, so forever humbled, grateful, honored that I, found this, um, 20 meter bell tent that was being sold in Kona before I even moved on Island. I just was on Craigslist, always looking for furniture or whatnot before I moved here. 
and was connected really beautifully with this family who was moving off island and selling a lot of their belongings. And they are a family who was have been really in love with um, cacao, cacao and plant medicine and um, had a company that distributes it and has made it really more of this like um, remain retaining the reverence of it and the and the practice of it and the Mayan calendar and all of the aspects of it but making it just like a little bit more like accessible and less of this like that you can bring ceremony into your into your everyday through this really beautiful plant medicine and it was really them like basically seeing seeing me like just you know that soul family connection you're like I know there's something more than just us selling this girl this tent and they yeah. they knew it they're super intuitive they're both intuitive people they're literally their whole practice is their, their, sure. um, one of them, the wives is complete job is, is an intuitive, like, and a very like high level executive, um, coaching intuitive. So, um, you know, they just, they heard, they listened and they honored that. And they were like, this might sound weird, but can you just come and meet us? And I was like, okay. And I heard the, yeah. Right. So they introduced me to cacao and they just showed me through their embodiment and their practices and their, their knowledge and education of the plant medicine, the reverence of it, um, honoring the cacao keepers and the medicine keepers of where it comes from and, and the lineage and tie and like bridging that like energetics to here. And, um, you know, we obviously have a lot of beautiful plant medicine here that I haven't yet been, I've been able to sat, sit in, but it hasn't come into me of like, this is something that you're going to share. Or this is something you're going to teach or, 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 yeah. you know, facilitate. Um, but it was just so clear and it just happened so naturally of, you know, over the last few years, the three years, like there's been a piece of me always feeling like okay, there's these missing pieces or I don't quite know, or how do I, yeah, how do I explain what I'm doing or how do I even further my, my talent, my gifts and everything. And I would call them in. I'm like, okay, like, please present yourself mentors, <laughs> present yourself teachers. I'm ready. Yeah. And I remember having this specific conversation with my friend Giselle, who's exactly my age and she teaches human design and astrology and she's an incredible mystic as well. And she's like, we're entering this, this age where our teachers are going to be through our relationships. They're going to be through our lived experience. They're going to be through the embodiment and the like really truly feeling through the process of it. And I would say that circle in its current form, which is just one of many things that I, that I get to create and, and provide to my community is really been through just the listening and a little bit, of course, there's like the online presence. So we can kind of take and look at things and be like, well, I want to do that. But I really think circle has come through this really beautiful, natural progress of just listening uh -huh. and just following and receiving feedback from uh -huh. those participating, like what better teacher than the people who are experiencing what you're, what you're putting out there, you know, and what you're sharing um, and reflections and all of that. And like letting the land speak to me, asking mm -hmm. it, how would you want this done? And listening when the tent finally broke. And like, I was like, what does that mean? And I was like, mm -hmm. you know, trying to put me and I was just like, cause it's time to grow sweetie. And it's time to <laughs> shift sweetie. And I was like, okay. And, and ended up moving circle from where I currently live from the backyard to the yard over into a communal space, um, rental space. And yeah, it's just been this like 
listen and the whisper and the whisper. And um, I've had some really beautiful, the family that introduced me to cacao um, have become, you know, soul family mentors as well to me. And um, I've done a lot of, you know, Keone's work has been mm-hmm. monumental. And like for all of us of, you know, Keone Hanalei is like, I think just this incredible um, invitation to just see in a way that people have not been able to access in like so long. And it's such a relief. And I just feel like every time I learn from him or take a course or gone to his workshop, I, you know, I'm just like, oh my God, what a relief. Like, (laughs) (laughs) it's all parts of us that haven't been exercised. And like you were saying, massaging the muscle, right? it's massaging like the yin aspect of self, the feminine aspect of self. And so just really like what a beautiful um, way of, and we're just listening to you share your story. It's um, this co-creation of life, right? And so this opportunity to like live within the flow of life as you're co-creating as you go. And this is a new learned skill because a lot of us have been conditioned to not live like that. And I think this opportunity now to live in co-creation, I mean, there are many, many, I want to say, you know, we've gone through many iterations of how to do this, but, you know, and there's, there's the yogis and there's meditators and then there's the, the mystics and there's the astronomers and like people who just know there's more to this life than just what we've been taught. And um, so whether it's going through embodiment or plant medicine or energy or lunation, or there's just so many things to explore now. And I, I really like commend you on listening to your intuition and giving yourself the space to be able to listen and have been practice active listening and then taking action towards making your reality shift in ways that might not be normalized to many people in whatever layer of consciousness they're existing in, but really like to just to do the work and then to step out of paradigm in order to create new, new windows of like abilities of seeing and feeling and being a human. Um, it's, it's, it's always very commendable. So, you know, congratulations on like having your internal COVID three years of intensity, as well as New York, like three years of intensity, you know, Uh, and just witnessing like how life moves and is cyclical. And, mm -hmm. you know, and so we're going to be going all around this and, and like, we just exist in the in-between. I really had this amazing question of like, oh, you know, the action of, like you said, now you're, you're doing work and you're living in Waimea on the big Island. For those of you that are listening, this is like the big Island of Hawaii. And this is where, um, Tahiti is at and, um, holding space there, doing cacao circles there. And what else have you been like when you definitely are deciding to shift and listen intuitively to your higher self or your guides or what have you to the energy in the room co-creating your offerings um what where are you seeing this leading you now you know going into your work going into the next phase of like co-creation because 
what it takes in the process of actually learning and like doing, and then instilling a habit and having it go into the cellular memory. And now it becomes a being, and now it's a reality and you're just existing in that it, you know, you'll, you're working with people who are on all different levels of that spectrum. Um, where do you feel and sense that your offerings are going to be moving in terms of the future, <laughs> but the here and now, like where are you see your offerings going now? Yeah, it's been such a relief to learn about my human design. So I know that you're familiar. I'm a manifesting generator and I'm a three, five. So I'm literally meant to live the, in my experiences in order to learn. You could tell me a hundred ways, Hey, this would be the way to do it. Hey, this is the thing I would do. I would not. And I, I have to literally go through it. And that's been hard and super challenging at times. Um, but I get that now and accept that now I move through my really heavy moments or my, or my shifts or my pivots. And I used to sort of think something was wrong with me. Like, Oh, why am I all of a sudden not interested in this? Or like, why am I repeating the same ex lived experience and this lesson? This is so painful. And when learning about my human design was such like a, like a, a roadmap and like a liberation piece of like, you have this design and if you follow it, like just try it maybe and see like what happens and following it has been such a liberating piece for me. Um, and so when I decided to sort of phase out, um, my agency, I always remember my mom kind of saying, well, like keep that because like, you know, your new work, like it's, you know, we already, we still kind of have, like you said, like having a spiritual business or, or utilizing your spiritual practice and your lived experience is now your business is kind of unheard of, or we grew up kind of seeing, you know, in my eyes, like the, the tarot readers or the channelers as women that just like always never got to really like live the full extreme, like life yeah. of the way that, you know, would be I, I, ideal as far as like, um, you know, owning a home and and creating wealth and all of that. That's the kind of the mindset we have. So we're shifting that a lot. Obviously now we're seeing that, you know, spiritual, that spiritual practices can be these like, whoa, these like quantum amazing wealth builders. If we're doing it from this really heart centered place. Um, for me, I'll always be a creator. I'm a create, we're all creators. I specifically have so like very set material talents and gifts, photography, graphic design, um, styling, curating, making, crafting, all of these things. I'm so blessed. And that will always be part of me. I feel I'll always be in some sort of evolution. And the current evolution has been, you know, you, you're, you're always here growing up, like pick the thing that you love to do that you would do, whether you got paid for it or not. And that's where you're supposed to go. And for me, creating space. And right now that's been in the like actual like circle and holding space, but it's also just been in home or business retail. I've, I've designed lots of retail spaces. I am now launching fabled Island, which is a design studio. And it's, it's, it's broad, it's styling, it's gathering its interiors. And, um, for me, it's been this season right now. So I'd say like in the last couple of weeks, I always ask myself, when I've been in this pivot process or this um, declaration process or, or launching processes, knowing that I'm a really powerful creator, like we all are, 
do I want to will this process into mm-hmm. creation or would I like to co-create with the entire universe? <laughs> and I'm always like, well, I don't know what feels, what feels groovier. Okay. Co-creating with the entire universe. Like right. I get chicken skin versus yeah, we're these incredible people, beings. We are these like powerful. We can will anything into existence. Like we are holy moly. Like look at the world we're living. All of this like is from our will, right? And the deeper layer, the things that I feel are infinite, the things that I feel are so filled with our integrity and our truth are the things that are co-created with universe, with the divine, with spirit, with God, whatever your, whatever you prefer to name it as. And that's the question I just keep asking myself every time I'm in like getting all these opportunities or these pivots or these ways to expand this world of mine or this world of mine is, do I want to will it or do I want to co-create it? And it's been, it's been like, another liberating piece of knowing that in this paradigm we're in, all of us have multiple pathways, multiple ways of doing, maybe of aligning with the universal truth of like the, you know, of our, our universal consciousness, our universal love, like all of those universal truths. Um, but getting to experience them in all different like fingers and different ways. And I think that's the piece, like I, before we hopped on our call, you were talking to me about how we're so much more available to information and social media and our experience to just see what everyone else is doing. And what I think has been so powerful about that is that if we are, some like you and I, or, you know, the other people who've had on this podcast and other people is like these kind of like, um, star points or leader, leader roles, right. We're getting to show all the different ways it can be done. And I think that's the biggest, the biggest piece I've learned is like, you know, even working with certain people or following certain things, I always go like immediately, like, Oh, I got to follow it that way. And then I'm like, Oh wait, what if I just sat back for a moment felt into what part of that piece is true to me. And then I absorbed that and decided to make that part of my habit, part of my ritual, part of my devotion. And that's the beautiful piece, letting ourselves move through the trials and not having to be one way. And um, it actually made me think when you're asking me this question about someone I did work with last year, Elisa Spring, she's an incredible intimacy coach. Mm -hmm. And she opened my world to the concept and theory of the spectrum. And I was like, wait, what do you mean? It's not what? (laughs) She's great. I love Lisa. (laughs) Oh my God. I was like, I was just like, my world was rocked. I was just like, and I always try, like, if I am going to work with someone or I'm going to have someone hold space, I always go towards the people who scare the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's an aspect of them that is just like, that scares me. And it's like, okay, what is that there for me to look at? <laughs> and she scared me because she has, she'll get right in there. Yeah. Scare in a good way. It wasn't like my, I'm like, no, no, no. It was like, my soul wanted this. Yeah. And the spectrum piece, the spectrum that we are being invited into this rainbow world, this rainbow, like, theory of that multiple things exist at once. Multiple pathways are the right pathway. Multiple lessons are going to come into your world to sort of just paint this picture and this color. 
and that the black and white thinking has been a coping mechanism and a, a strategy for us to feel safe and like for us to be in control, a perceived idea of control and open me up to this colorful world of the spectrum of ideas and theories and that both things can exist has been, oh, I'm just like, I was like, this is the piece that was missing. And that's the piece I try to always invite into whatever I'm sharing. Uh, I, I Teaching is, I guess, a, a word to use. It still feels hard for me to land in that space is like teacher teaching or sharing. I like to just say sharing, but it's like, okay, here are my theories. Here are my practices. Here are my ideas. Take what resonates. And if you do not resonate with a piece of it, I'm so happy because you're finding that piece of resonation or whatever, or, or that's, that's going to resonate in your frequency. Um, and I think that's the the fun part or the more exciting part when we free ourselves from the Instagram space or this, or, or looking at all these different avenues is like, there's, there's multiple ways and what a, what a nice, I, th- I think we almost now have like too much choice in a sense. Yes. Yes. So, yeah. And my teacher uh, said it the best, you know, they were like, you just, do your best and forget the rest because there is so much you, you're only going to retain at least maybe 10%. Right. And I mean, there, there it, it will be information overload and it's going to just intensify. And so you, you're going to have to move your nervous system with what is resonating for you and creating coherence in you and really learn to live in like this fluidity of a spectrum, because there is so much to explore and and I think that when people are awakening and they are exploring themselves and then their outer reality, and then they're coming back in through the heart and they're like, oh, now I'm ready to like be in this space and create from this space. I mean, it is magical in mm-hmm. a sense. And I, and we're going hopefully back into this, you know, of the opportunity to like really explore way more of who we are and, you know, and life is really quick. Right. I mean, it is very, very quick. Like sometimes I wake up, I'm like, wait a minute. I feel like I just started this, you know, and now we're like, I'm like 51 now. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so much work to do. And so, um, that quickening is happening and holding spaces and people stepping up into their role of being able to hold space, which is really what I'm about now is really supporting women and men to be able to get into their opportunity of like feeling confident to hold space um, so that it trickles out, right? And so that we are really populating like and pollinating opportunities for people to explore themselves in many, many different realities. And um, so I really commend also again, and for those of you that are listening and you know, wherever you might be on your path is like absolutely where you need to be. And if you're listening to this, like, I welcome you into this space of listening into this coherence of, of what it's like to, to, you know, maybe be a millennial, but like knowing that the system or going into these systems is not necessarily where you want to go. And there are opportunities and there are new pathways and new maps and new pathways that are being formed for you to live a creative, authentic life. And there is the timing of it all is just so magnificent. If you think of the amazing amount of structures that have to actually 
disintegrate and crumble away in order for people to be able to step into what they need to step into to be an empowered citizen on the planet right now. So the opportunities are there. And this is where I really like my Kundalini name is Shakti. So I get really like, it's freaking time, you know, like I get really upset. Like you're yeah. wasting every pranic breath. You are wasting it if you are not in your authentic truth. And so please like do your best to whatever it is, whatever modality you need to start with, like for you is like Reiki, you need that Shakti put in order for you to awaken. You got to get your nervous system regulated. You need to be in community space where you feel safe. And then you need to take action as to doing what you're here to do. And we all have a mission right now. And so maybe in this last bit, you can tell me a little bit about like what you really feel is your mission on this planet right here, right now, because you, yes, we can live in a quantum reality. And I think there's a lot of validity and there's scientific proof with it too. Not so much empirical evidence, but we do have like a lot of quantum theory evidence, you know, string theory and stuff happening. So, you know, I get all in my nerdy head with all this stuff, but, you know, I think that, um, a lot of times, and this is what my teachers taught, like when you heal yourself, you heal the world, which is what my whole thing is about. And it's true because the, the human body energy field, um, and the heart coherence will magnify out through the toric field. But let's say, for example, you're just starting on your path. Like, let's say you're 30 years old, right? And you're waking up to this right now and you're coming out of COVID and you're just like, what the heck is going on? I don't think I can go back and, you know, work um, at LNL anymore or wherever it is, like corporate marketing, what, you know, I can't do tourism anymore. Or I, I really want to explore the opportunity to like think of life coaching or psychotherapy or I want to like be a, a Lomi practitioner, or I want to have an opportunity to like go into science, you know, as a female, like all of these things, what would you say is like your biggest advice for people who are waking up male and female, because we need both. But yeah. um, what would you say is your biggest advice to like, really get people like, kick them out, like get them going? Yeah, I love this question because it's one that I have to remind myself quite often. And I just want to also take a moment to just thank you for holding space for the space holders <laughs> because we're often the last to be held because we did come to create these spaces because we lacked them in our own living experience. And um I just, yeah, I just wanted to, to just throw that in there really quick and to all space holders who are holding space for other space holders, um, and, or holding the door open for these new leaders or these, I don't know why star points for some reason is coming mm -hmm. in like these little light points, right? The lighthouses, yep. um, we're the last usually, and mm -hmm. we require, it's been such a self-love practice, of course, as you know, filling the cup and we talk about it over again, it's a whole different it's a whole different kingdom, queendom when you are, yeah, to fill your cup. Yeah. We've been learning all these practices, nervous system, all of this, but to like, to be consistently filling up the well and utilizing co-creating with source to, to get to, to fuel and to nourish others. It's just a huge thing. So just wanted to thank you on that. And, um, to say that the, to answer your question is like something that I have to come back to, to myself all the time, every day that I get up and I have an urgency to get my soul to be in my living purpose and my mission. I'm like, Tahiti, urgency is a trauma response. We have time. 
And I, I, I agree with what you say of like, we are wasting these precious breaths. We need to get moving. And the one thing that was actually creating harm in my experience was feeling like I needed to continuously evolve and get to that next level of my awakening of my quickening to feel worthy of this experience. Mm-hmm. And I would say that the, the true medicine is knowing that you are perfectly placed in the moment, breath by breath, and to trust this mission and purpose of yours to be revealed to you step by step and breath by breath. And for even for me, you know, you asking me what's next for your, like, what's, what's, what's the continuation of your purpose. And I have been, there have been, it's in my birth chart. It has been multiple different psychics or intuitives have told me this, like, you're going to be in politics. And like, that record scratch and level and difference, like you're like, and so every time I wake up and I'm making decisions in my career or my world or my choices, I'm like, well, how will this affect my, po- my political career? <laughs> and I've been having, cause I do feel it. Cause there's a huge activism piece of me. There's a huge truth piece of me. There's a huge, I see all sides of this. I, I see this. And I know there's this, like this, like middle ground and middle path. We're supposed to meet with one another. And, um, the one thing I have always found such a relief is they always say, well, it's not politics as we know them now. So I, yeah, I, I have leaned into once again, do I want to will my ideas or my inspirations or creations into, into materialization, or do I want to be in the co-creation? Can I trust that I'm perfectly placed breath by breath as I'm supposed to unfold in my purpose and my journey? And can I hold the magnificence and the power of knowing that each one of us, and that specifically me in this moment, as I'm sharing with you, that I have this really powerful purpose on this planet and like feeding the dogs this morning is the most important thing. Mm -hmm. Going to the gym is the most important thing for me today. Like bit by bit, my response to my actual physical 3d world is, is so perfect. And it's so enough. And that would be my thing as, as you're in your quickening, your awakening, you're, you're seeing such clarity and truth of yourself and you're willing to share it more, be it more is just that continue, take each breath, take each step and know that they're like, there's no rush to it. Yeah. It's like perfectly placed. And I think that's the, maybe a a contrasting polarizing piece of Instagram. We'll look at everyone and where they're at. And we're like, I want to get there mm-hmm. or I need to get there to do the work that I'm here to do, or I need to fill right. into that space. And, and the piece for me has always been like, no, no, baby, you're supposed to be right here. Mm-hmm. Like hand on heart in your body. Like that's the most important piece. And, yeah. uh, it's kind of crazy how the most expansive concepts and knowledge always come back to a really singular, simple truth is that it's just like, it's just with you and your breath. And like, and that was a piece too. Like when I started to get into breath work, my experiences of it were so huge, like just veil being lifted. And I really wanted to like learn it. And I went to my mentor and I was like, okay, like what do I take? Which course do I take? And she's like, Tahiti, you, you're literally your Hawaiian lineage. Like you, you're it's in your, like you're ha, like you are the breath. We all are right. No matter what lineage, we're all the, all comes back to breath. Right. Um, and 
it's just, I really encourage myself mm-hmm. and then everyone is to just really truly know that what is to be revealed to you will be revealed in time. What it is you're supposed to know, you will know at the time you're supposed to know it and what you are supposed to be activating and, and contributing and embodying in this planet is all going to happen in its timeline. And it's so divine and it's so perfect. And, um, and I just always remind myself Tahiti urgency is a trauma response. So I just, to just slow it down and to just, um, know that, you know, we spoke about legacy earlier and like, what do we want our legacy to be? And I think when we look, when we hear stories past, it's really easy for us to, you know, be like, okay, well, that was all like bubbled and formed and created and, and it's done. It's like, no, you're, you're, you're in it. Like we're, I'm in it. I'm leaving. I'm we're weaving a legacy right now in this, this podcast in our exchange. And that's the piece. And it's like, it's going to shift and it's going to change. And I think leaving that, that room for that is really healing to the, to our nervous system, to our biological response, to our, to our physical vessel on our quantum like process that we're in. Cause we are in the quickening. You've, you just, you know, you've spoke to it and you've seen it and you've been in it and you've been witnessing it. And mm-hmm. yeah, that would be my, that would be my like response. And just a reminder to myself as well is just to like, I'm perfectly placed. And if I listen to the whispers and I take the time, it's all going to work out the way it's meant to. And it's divinely led. And um, a big piece that happened in this last cohort that I was in with my, my business paradigm, new paradigm business cohort was um, you can feel everyone's desire and and that urgency to be in that they see it, right. They're like, Oh, I'm activated. I see my purpose. I see my soul mission. I can, I can tune into it. I want to get there. And they're realizing that like, there's just like some foundational stuff, right. To get there. There's the physical body we have to tend to. There's the material world we have to tend to. So tending to it in the most tender, sacred, ceremonial and communal way, right? We don't have to do it alone anymore. Yeah. It's so we true. get to rely on one another and mm-hmm. and 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 share and be reciprocal. Even in my one-to-one coaching call yesterday, this is the new paradigm for me. It's this reciprocal nature mm-hmm. where I'm holding space for this client and yet it became this beautiful dance of the back and forth. And it's not a, it's not a, it's not about like, there's a blurred line of client and and professional and person. It was just that this is how it's going. Like mm-hmm. we're moving into this really beautiful space. So it's such a, once again, a relief to just know we don't have to do it. We get to do it in a multiple ways. We get to do it with multiple people. Um, and we get to do it with such a multitude of identities and, and diversity. And it's like, wow, what a, what a gift. What a gift to be alive. <laughs> it is such a glorious, crazy, beautiful time. And it is also full of tremendous change and fluctuation and loss and suffering and grief. And there's many places to exist among that whole spectrum. And so I really thank you so much for coming on to the program today and finally getting to connect with you 
and learning about what you're doing and how you're inspiring yourself and others and being in community and having compassionate action. Um, and I love the whole politics because that would be, we'll talk about that later, but, um, you know, I, I do feel like I love the trauma release, um, recognizing trauma and urgency in the body is important too. And so if we just sink into our feminine design, you know, that mystical dreamlike state of just allowing nurturing, nourishing self is where you're going to find it. And so creating space for you to do that, whatever you are in your life, as my teacher, Tara Brock would say, it's in the pause, you know, it's in the, when you take a pause. And so just take a deep breath, maybe wherever you are, just take a deep breath with us right now, as we inhale and exhale and unless you're driving, thank you all for listening. Please follow Tahiti and her work. Can you tell us your social handles so people know how to get a hold of you? Yeah, my um, social handle is Tahiti Kulia. And I'm also just on my website is tahitikulia.com. And I'm, I'm going to spell that out. So if it's, it's T-A-H-I-T-I-K-U-L-I-A.com. And the, the Instagram is the same thing. T-A-H-I-T-I-K-U-L-I-A at Instagram. And you can connect with her and direct message her, learn about her new offering, which is going to be something in the fall that she's going to be talking about, but you can go to the website and sign up for her newsletter so you can stay in the loop. And I can't wait to see you. I'm trying to get there on Oahu in October for our gathering. And I'll talk to you about that soon, but thanks so much for being here with me today and happy Lionsgate. And we're, and I hope you have some gorgeous meditation time. It's already very empowering, wonderful day, but blessings to you and everything that you do and really honored to share this space with you today. Mahalo Marnie. Thank you for being a lighthouse for us all. I know it. All right. Thanks for listening to the golden thread podcast. We have more podcasts coming up for you and more episodes. So stay tuned and talk to you all. Stay super blessed.